Welcome back. We are picking up with part two of this week's session of A Wild Mouse Story. As the three of you continue your investigation of the dome, we're going to go ahead and cut back over uh, to the boys on the boat. Handia, as you kick the door open, a couple of things happen silently and simultaneously. Uh, first, the DM reveals the room to you. Second, the gentleman who was standing in front of the door soundlessly flies across the room, hits his head on the corner of a crate, and falls limp to the ground, where a pool of red starts to leak out from under him. The gentleman down here screams soundlessly, draws a blade soundlessly, and you guys can go ahead and roll initiative. Uh, 18. I got 14. So, uh, the door flies open. Bandit up here, uh, who is first in the initiative order, he does not see this happen, and he obviously does not hear it happen. His attention is focused on the dwarf, uh, so he's going to spend his turn doing a medicine check in general, just like first aid. Uh, <laughs> you hear the dwarf in front of him scream as he puts the bandages on way too tight and spends the rest of his turn loosening him, and this dwarf on the ground takes one point of bad medicine damage. Handia, it is your turn. Standing in front of you, uh, sort of off to the, the left, the southern side of the room, is a gentleman brandishing a short sword. Uh, he is wearing uh, what looks to be some sort of metallic, probably medium armor, uh, and then directly across the threshold from you is an apparently unconscious and bleeding figure. Between the two of them is a small but very intricately designed chest with more locks on the outside of it than you can count at a glance. What would you like to do? Okie doke. So assuming everybody at the top doesn't know what's going on, that's what I'm assuming in my mind. I'm going to slip into the room um, and uh, just make straight for the guy with the sword holding at me. Uh, just going to... Um, yeah, aim a punch right at his uh, throat. All right. Go ahead and make that attack roll. Uh, 16. You see him grimace as he realizes a moment too late he ducked the wrong direction and stepped into your punch. Uh, go ahead and roll damage. Okay, that's 7 damage. And then uh, bonus action, going to follow it up with a, with a quick jab from my left. Nice. Uh, for a 20... Definitely hits. Go and roll uh, damage. Seven damage, so 14 total. Nicely done. So, you step into the room, and where there's a swordsman uh, standing in front of you, you let loose a f real quick, uh, not, you know, technique or not uh, actual flurry of blows, but, uh, you know, a non skill version of flurry of blows. And you hit this dude twice, and where there would normally be like a metallic ringing from your fists uh, hitting the armor, there is just soundlessness. And the, the grunts and screams from your opponent are muted completely. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Uh, no, that's my that's my, uh, that's my my turn. I just take up a stance in front of this guy and uh, wait for his response. All right. Manny, you are going at the same time as this bandit. He, I'm going to kind of describe to you what it is that he is doing or attempting to do, and then I want you to respond. So he is, he's checking this guy, the, his hurt friend. He sees that the other dwarf that is not hurt is doing like his 
aid administering and not doing it very well. So he starts to like slap this guy's hands away and take over. But you notice that he, he you kind of get the feeling that he's about to like look back down that hallway at the door he was guarding. What would you like to do? Um, and while he's not paying attention to me because they still think I'm hobbled over holding my back, I want to stand up and I'm going to go ahead and strike him. Are you hitting him with your fist or with your sword? Yeah, I'm going to hit him with my gray sword. All right. Go ahead and roll to attack. Not one, so six. It's way um, too many of these. <laughs> well, so as you as you go to draw as you go to draw your blade, Manny, the hilt of your sword clanks into the ceiling as you realize you are too tall to draw out your sword given the low height of the the deck ceiling from above. <laughs> so it's just like shikunk, and you like look back over your shoulder and see that your sword is still half sheathed. Okay, frustrated with this, I'm going to use action surge. And I'm going to just go for just a kick. I'm just going to punt him. Oh, okay. Make an unarmed strike. Uh, so you can just click like your strength. Uh, do like a strength check. Uh, so, so that'd be a 12 total to hit then. Uh, that actually does hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, you just met his armor class with a 12. So <laughs> you like, you go to draw your sword, realize it's not going to happen, at least, you know, standing straight up. And the guy like looks up at you. And so you just let go of the hilt of your sword. And since your hand is already above your head, you just bring it down like a hammer fist on top of his head. And, and you hear his neck like pop a little bit. And he doesn't look very happy with you. He recoils. Uh, is he within the 20 feet? Hold on a second. Okay, no, he's just outside of the feet. So yeah, you do hear him scream. I still have a bonus action. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and cast Manifest Echo. Oh, shit. What does it look like when you do this? It's a translucent gray image that can last until it is destroyed. So you guys see, like, does Manny do anything to make it happen? Like, does he, does it require, like, in your mind, does it require, like, a wave of his hand? Does he say something? Does he just, like, look? I'll say he just snaps. All right, so you snap your fingers and do your step. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to copy and just paste another Manny right here. This one only has one health, though. Han, I don't think that you would see this happening, but the, the dwarves gathered around that like they see you strike and they look like they're about to like make a move to react to that. You snap your fingers and a pale ghostly sort of translucent, translucent version of you appears. So now there's two manis standing there. And that is my turn. Okay. Uh, we are at the, the gentleman wielding the short sword uh, who just took a punch to the face. You see him attempt to call out for aid soundlessly a look of frustration on his face. Uh, he then turns and swings his uh, short sword at you, Handia. That is a 22 to hit. Uh, yeah, it hits just. <laughs> uh, right back at you with that seven bludgeoning damage, or excuse me, slashing damage, as his short sword pierces through your uh, your clothing and wounds your flesh. Okay, cool. I need to do concentration. What do I roll for concentration? So just do it like a con save, and it you have to roll above a 10. I got a seven, so silence is... Oh, okay. Silent. So there's sort of like like the whooshing of of like a wind sort of blowing up, like harshly and abruptly by, and then sound returns. As it does, you sort of hear like the shallow labored breathing from this unconscious figure on the floor, but it's also sort of like liquidy. Like you get the idea that there's definitely blood in their mouth, probably their nose, <laughs> uh, obscuring their passages at least slightly. As that happens this guy like sort of audio comes back like mid yell so he's like 
mid-war cry, like, ah! ah! And that will be his whole turn, but sound has returned. So hearing the scream, this bandit on the ground here, who is like also screaming in pain, he like can see just down the hallway enough to notice that the door's open, and he can't really see into the room, but he does point, and he says, Fuck, guys! We're Something's wrong, we're under, we're under attack. And that brings us back to the top of the round. Bandit in the back uh, has not noticed the, what do you call it, the ghostly image of uh, Manny up here uh, behind him. My and echo. The, yes, and so his attention is focused on the Manny in front of him. You see he reaches for the crossbow that is not there because he left it sitting uh, around on the other side of the boxes, kind of cusses, and then steps forward to poke at you uh, with the scimitar. Uh, that is a 14 to hit? No. So you uh, you sort of just sidestep the, the poke, putting his wounded friend in between you two, forcing him to like redirect his attack, uh, and it misses you. Harmlessly, next, we are at Handia. Okay, so, uh, yeah, just checking myself over, make sure I'm not hurt too bad. Are I going to retaliate another punch uh, at this uh, gnome? Gnome? Is he dwarf? What is he, actually? He is, uh, he is human. He's, He's definitely human-sized, human yes. Uh, so 16. That definitely hits. Uh, for six more damage, how is he looking? After six more damage, he is very... Uh, he's bloodied. Bloody cool. I'm going to spend a key point in that case and use flurry of blows to make two more, two more quick jabs at him. Pop, pop, pop. Uh, 14 and 13. Uh, the 14 does hit the... Oh, just kidding. Actually, they both hit. Oh, I thought it was AC was 14. Uh, so for 10 more damage, I'll give it a quick uh, combo against this guy's face. <laughs> okay. The only question I have is, were you intending for this to be lethal or non-lethal damage? Uh, I'm not trying to kill anyone, no. So you punch him three times in the throat, and he, like, drops his blade, grabs at his throat, and, like, is obviously having trouble breathing, and he falls over and slowly sort of fades into unconsciousness where once fully unconscious, his breathing sort of sl slowly returns to labored but normal, uh, and he is KO'd. Sweet. You are standing over the, uh, the intricately locked treasure chest. One definitely unconscious but overall not harmed figure, and one figure who is... He might be bleeding out. It's hard to tell at a glance. I believe, though, unless you're going to move, that... It, is all that you're capable of? I believe you're right, unless I can pick up that lockbox. <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, as part of your movement, uh, I would say, I'll say half of your movement. You could, like, bend down and pick it up. Okay, so I'll pick it up and I'll sort of give a glance at the guy who sort of might be bleeding out and just be like, ah. But then I'm going to make my way into the hallway, uh, see Manny <laughs> facing off against these dudes. All right. Uh, it's Han's turn. Manny, you see Han coming back through the doorway with a a small but intricately locked chest under his arm. It is your and the bandit's turn. I sort of had him go first and let you react last time, so we're going to switch it this time. What would you like to do, Manny? I want to... I'm going to go and kick that same guy again. And then also, I wanted to, to use Unleash Incantation, Incarnation, and uh, have him attack the other on the other side. Oh, shit, okay. So, are, uh, for the card, though, are you choosing advantage? Is that what, or... Yeah, yes, okay. yes, sorry. Yep, no worries. So you'll have advantage, uh, I'll give you, you can pick which attack, either yours or the Echoes. I'll pick mine. Okay, so go ahead and make your attack roll against this guy with advantage. Got a 15 and an 11. Right, 
right? And we're adding plus two for your proficiency. So it's actually a 17, which definitely hits. Uh, so another four damage to this guy. So he is still conscious, but he definitely looks like dazed. And you've knocked a couple of his teeth out with that last punch. And now your echo can go ahead and make his attack. Okay. And which one are you attacking? Uh, the, the guy who's standing or the guy with crushed legs? The other one that's standing, the third one. Okay. Uh, 17 definitely hits. Uh, you're attacking with your fist again with this one, I assume? No, Echo's going to kick him. Oh, that's right. Kick him. That's right. Yeah, same thing. Same damage. So yeah, he takes four damage as you uh, your Echo sort of like Sparta kicks him in the back and he slams his face into this uh, this crate here. Now it is that bandit's turn. He is going to... Uh, the guy that you have beaten to within a, an inch of his life is going to pull out his short sword, or scimitar, excuse me, and attempt to do a stab on you. Oof. He uh, does not connect, however. Sort of, again, he's just like dazed and seeing multiple... It's funny because like he sees your echo, but he also is like seeing double because you punched him in the face so many times. So there's like eight manis right now, and he's just like doesn't know which one is the real one. So he's just stabbing at one of them, and that is definitely not you. Next up is the badly broken, uh, crippled dwarf on the ground. I think he is going to grab his crossbow and take a shot with disadvantage from point blank at you, Manny. He rolled a thirteen. No. Uh, so you hear a clunk behind you as a crossbow bolt embeds itself in the ceiling having just missed your head by a couple inches. The top of the round, the bandit that you Sparta kick turns around, sees your Echo standing there, and he takes a swing with his scimitar, but catches the side of the crate, and it glances harmlessly away from the Echo. Handia. Cool, so I'm going to scurry up this hallway, sort of kick off the wall, and just uh, attempt to kick this fella in right in front of me in the back of the head. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you advantage. Uh, I imagine a... Well, A, because he's probably, like, basically on his knees at this point from being punched in the face, and you're jumping off a wall, which is, like, aesthetically cool. Okay, so a 22, and the advantage yes. definitely helped. <laughs> uh, yeah, that definitely hits. Uh, eight damage. Was your intention to kill or knock unconscious? Knock unconscious. <laughs> so, Manny, as you're standing there, like, you have your hand on this scruff of this dude's collar, like, literally holding him off, like, the ground by his collar. A shadowy fist like almost out of nowhere explodes into your field of vision and just chin checks this dude. And he just completely goes limp in your hands. And you just see Han standing there kind of gives you a wink. And then I'd like, if I can to use my bonus action to sort of make a kick across the guy who's laying on the floor at the other one, if I have enough reach, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll allow it. That's fine. And this is just your bonus attack, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's just a nine. Yep. All right. Ah, uh, yeah. So he is unfortunately just outside of your range, but, uh, yeah, I just like, picture as he's tried to swing at the the uh, echo and hit the crate, he just sort of stumbles out of my uh, out of my reach. He does, however, notice the tenacity that was delivered with that kick and is is aware of you now. That being said, this guy is unconscious, so he's going to get one of these. Manny, it is your turn. the The gentleman you were beating uh, has been knocked out. All right, you have. Um... You have a crush. I'm the screaming one, so I'm gonna. <laughs> can I? Can I push the box onto him more and crush him more? Oh my! Yeah, give me an athletics check to see just like if you just like tip the box over onto him. Actually, you'd be tipping it onto both of them, really, based on where they're standing. That works for me. Uh, quick uh, point in there. Could he use his echo to help him and gain advantage on the shove? Yeah, if you use your action and your bonus action, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Okay, so I'll do that. I'll All bring right, my so yeah, with me. Athletics with advantage. Uh, I got uh, 11. 
Okay, so this is going to happen, but the DC is now an 11, and they... Well, the guy on the ground can't make a deck save, so he automatically fails because his legs are broken. Uh, the other guy is going to get a deck save to try to dodge out of the way. He has to be an 11. You guys can see this for funsies. He did not hey. be an 11. Yay. I was going to say, if that was a 10, I'm taking credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, the... Uh, they, like this guy sees what's happening, but realizes it a second too late. As you and your Echo each reach up for a corner of this crate and just tip it forward, there is a a cry of terror from each of them, and the sound of how do I want to say this? The wet, squishy sound of flesh being smeared across wood floor, mm. and you guys, you get the feeling you're currently out of combat. <laughs> However, you do hear the sound of heavy metal armor coming down these stairs. We're going to head back over to the other group as the as you hear the sounds of the armor coming down the stairs. Ooh. We head back over to the rest of the group uh, with your various findings. What have, what are the three of you up to now? I guess really the only other thing that I'm wondering is... Uh, this treasure chest that is pictured in the corner of the map, is that actually there and do we see it? Ah, this. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I first looked at it from above, I thought it was like a propane grill, but it's obviously a treasure chest now uh, that you see <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, that being said, no, uh, it is It is not there. It is uh, just destroyed rubble. It's a propane grill. Yeah, I'll let you get schematics for a propane grill. How's that? Yes. <laughs> That's you get the, the fire. Yeah, no, you I'm get you get make the church of Hank Hill. Yeah, no, you've uh, it, yeah, the idea like occurs to you, Nick. You're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, if you if you just controlled the amount of gas being released, you could have a controlled burn. That's actually pretty smart. And it would be a clean burning fuel. <laughs> Damn it! Somewhere in Texas, someone is sighing appreciatively. Well, one one tier, just one tier. Yeah, yeah. So proud. But yes, uh, that is where we are. Uh, well, if we've already looked through everything in here, uh, as far as we know, the only other thing that I want to do, because uh, I did say that end of session I was going to make like a diagram of where those stones were laid out, mm -hmm. I would also like to collect those stones definitely go ahead and you can put 250 gold pieces worth of like nondescript gems right. and maybe you aren't quite aware of the value of them but uh, just so that we know for later that's what they are and xander's gonna go to a few of the dead bodies of the lizards and try to salvage some parts off of them okay roll me a d4 and Add your nature skill modifier. So, four. You manage to find... You get two fangs. One uh, from two different corpses. And two sections of vertebrae. Two sections of vertebrae that seem like they could be useful to you and what you have in mind for them in two fangs. So you can add those to your sheet. And we will uh, right address, address that later. About this time... Uh, some of the Menagerie Coast Guard members that have finished laying their comrades to rest and are in good enough health to make their way over, they do. And you overhear them kind of commenting, just saying things like, what is this? Like, I've never seen anything like this before. 
Somebody should tell Captain Rains about this. This is, oh my God, this is a planned event. Had to have been a planned event. It is getting pretty late at this point too. I'm, I'm going to say it's probably between like midnight and 1 a.m. at this point. And this is all happening, obviously, at the same time as what's going on with Manny and Handia. Um, well, do you think we should camp out here and then all start heading back together? Safety and numbers and all that? I mean, we're all yeah. going to the same place, right? Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the Menagerie Coast Guard members pipes up and says, uh, actually, yeah, we... Uh, we have an objective rally point just outside of the uh, the forest uh, woodline where we're meeting with the rest of the uh, the groups that split off, and uh, they'll be they'll be meeting us there with the horses to pull the trucks. Should we move the trucks into position now? Then, uh, no, we can get to it in the morning. Uh, we we don't have plans to meet until then anyway. So, okay. The rest of them will probably be taking the night to recover as well. And you guys, at, at this point, like. Now that enough of the smoke has cleared from the like the general area, you can see that the entirety of the forest fire has finally been put out, and there is a pretty like remarkable uh, level of of burn like burning that has happened in devastation. And there's probably like a close to a football size football field sized area of forest that is now just charred, blackened, and gone, uh, with this dome dead center in the middle of it. Bloodgarm just feels a pang in his heart for all the loss. You see the Menagerie Coast Guard members uh, going about the process of finishing, like, setting up camp, and they've prepared places for all of you to sleep, uh, and they have actually agreed to pull watch tonight, since you guys sort of came in as reinforcements and saved the day. And they did see, obviously, Xander and Bloodgarm go temporarily unconscious during the fight. Yep, I was the hero. So... You guys can go ahead and apply your... I'm going to call it a short long rest, where, again, you're, you're not going to get your spell slots uh, or your long rest abilities back, but you can get anything back you would get on a short rest, and I will let you recover all of your, your hit dice, minus whichever ones you want to spend to heal, obviously. Okay, so we recover all, and then we spend them to regain hit points? Yes, yes, you recover them first, yep. So if you didn't have any, you won't be fucked. <laughs> I am going to spend two to heal myself. Okay. I see Xander has spent one. Six and seven. I am back up to full. So you guys, you complete your rest. The next morning rolls around and you begin to hear for the first time since the fire, uh, the sounds of wildlife starting to return to the area. Sounds of birds chirping as you all come to consciousness seems like it's a very peaceful cloudless morning sun is shining high in the sky well not quite high in the sky yet but it is shining clearly even in the the forest where you are you can you can see it over the the peaks or the tips of the trees and all signs point to uh to good weather and easy travels you see the menagerie coast guard gathering up the rest of their gear pulling the trucks into uh, position uh one of them is actually going to be working with Nyx, sort of like pointing out any little intricacies that Nyx wouldn't maybe have been able to glean for herself as far as how to use the gauntlet and what, like how it works and interacts with the trucks. And as you, unless there's anything you guys want to do, uh, as you're uh, heading out, you will get to the forest edge and meet up with uh, the rest of the MCG. Uh, yes, Xander, uh, to answer your question, you guys can, you can set, uh, the, I think there was only one lizard body that was like fully intact, but they, they load that up 
uh, to study as well. And uh, yeah, if you want to, you can bring that uh, that charred half human corpse. Although I'm not gonna yeah, lie, Xander, every one of the Menagerie Coast Guard members is looking at you really strangely as you're just like carrying around this like <laughs> again like half of a torso under your arm. Oh, not just the Menagerie. I feel like Bloodgarm has gone over and like wrapped it in a blanket at this point. He's like, let's just like not brag about this. No, don't be covering up, Pete. He wants to see the world. Um, I think I think you, he saw you more than he wanted. Sander fucking inhaled too much smoke. I did. <laughs> my my voice. It's about gone, guys. Uh, Xander, do you let Bloodgarm wrap this thing up in a blanket or no? Yeah, it's probably I, better. I offer, I offer to. Okay. Um, so, Blood, as you're as you're rolling this thing up in a blanket, you can feel it like sort of collapsing and like breaking and like crushing. Uh, it, parts of it turning to ash and like breaking off as you're like rolling it up in this blanket. Smile really big and go, there you go, and turn around and walk away. <laughs> you messed up my find. I don't think you know that yet. <laughs> Can I cast mending on it? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Everything's worth a question, right? Yes. Uh, remind when, me. When, post- it, when it's as funny as that, definitely. <laughs> you guys, you all managed to meet up with the uh, the rest of the Menagerie Coast Guard, who most of which don't seem to be in as bad of a state as you guys. And all of them look shocked when they see uh, the fire snake uh, and the the corpses of the the other Menagerie Coast members that did fall uh, in combat to the fire lizards. I'm not going to make you RP explaining the situation to them uh, because we would just be recapping stuff that we all already know. But there is a, a brief exchange between the group and the rest of the, the guard where you you elaborate on your findings at the dome and the how these creatures were apparently the source of the the fire and the the way that it was spreading unnaturally. Uh, And the general consensus that you receive back from uh, the Menagerie Coast Guard members uh, is that they're going to wait for to turn their report into Captain Reigns before making any like decisions or deciding what should happen here or how this should all be taken. But unless you guys have anything specific that you would like to do, uh, this will just be a full day of travel for you all back to the Palma Flora. I do actually have something I want to do once we get the horses hooked up and mm-hmm. thus me and the other Menagerie Coast Guard aren't like working the truck and going over what makes it go. Yeah. I would like to pull out that small arcane device mm-hmm. and just try to figure out what's up with that. What the uh, fuck is up with that? Exactly. What the fuck is up with this? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. No. Go ahead and give me. Um. Give me an Arcana check. An Arcana. And will this count for my gnomish racial of advantage when uh, dealing with magical items? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially with this thing, because awesome. it is also very obviously at least derived from gnomish technology. All right. Uh, Dirty 21. Right. With a with a 21, what you know for sure is that this, the way that it's designed, it's clearly meant to be embedded into something non-mechanical, probably organic. And you, can, you, you figure out that it has a, a transmitter and a receiver. 
as a part of its functionality. Although you're not necessarily sure what information it transmits and receives. Do I see him holding that? That depends. Uh, Nix, were you purposely doing this away from everybody, or is there a chance that somebody riding around in the, the retinue could also see you checking this thing out? Oh no, I'm not really... I have no reason to feel I should be secretive, so I sure. don't think that I would be. Uh, and Xander, your, what's your passive perception? It's 15. 15, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you do actually. You see you see Nick sort of turning this uh, what is to you a familiar looking device over in her hands, although the one that you saw was sort of like damaged and stepped on. I've seen one of those before, Nick. Oh, this? Where did you see it? The captain got it out of one of those that monster we fought when we first got together. Oh, that thing? Huh. Well, that just makes this even more curiouser. I would like to ritually cast Detect Magic for the um, sole reason to see if I can get a reading on what type of magic this might be. Or like what kind of, or what school of magic would be more affiliated with it, I guess? Yes, definitely. Give me another Arcana check. Since since they're doing all that, is there any way I could give her the help action? Um, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I don't I mean, see why not. I feel like, because Xander, Xander and Nyx could be, you know, like talking about this strange thing. And it, it would make sense that Blogdarm would be there within, you know, Earshot or Eyeshot, Eyeshot as well. So I, I don't think that that would be like... You know, you could you could throw in your your two cents as well as like, you know, magically speaking, you obviously wouldn't have any insight into like the mechanical workings oh, of it. Not but, at all. Uh, but if we're yeah. just going for strictly for magical, because, magic, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, so okay, the detect magic spell first of all, re- uh, like reveals to you as you point your was it EPK? Yeah, my are my PKE, my pl- PKE. There it planular is. energy locator or something. I We'll figure that out, the acronym out later. But yeah, you point your, your detect magic device at it, uh, and immediately you get um, you get like the detection of magical energy. But it's not a specific school; it is just the raw energy of the weave. So, what school is it, Nix? Well, I would be surprised by this if it weren't for the fact that I already kind of use this. But it doesn't have a school. It's just uses raw magical energy. It's like, think if you have a cup of water, but in order to make it taste good or like to transmute it into beer or whatnot, you add certain ingredients to kind of change it to how it tastes or whatnot. That's kind of how the magic normally works, but th- this is raw. It's untapped. That's just pure unbridled energy without any direction that's yeah it doesn't that's curious and dangerous too i know so i can i would know the difference between no school of magical energy versus school of magical (laughs) energy that i don't know anything about right yeah for sure uh you're so i actually can give me an insight check like yes to answer that question but then beyond that insight check uh, and you can each make one, actually, because you're all sort of involved in this. Uh, mine is only an eight. Oh, finally, mm-hmm. a good roll. Uh, 18. 22. Right. Uh, so Xander and Blod, your eyes meet and sort of like 
simultaneously uh the idea pops into your head that like oh this thing is just using magical energy as a battery like it's its power source it's not it's not drawing on the magical energy to produce an effect through the magical energy it's just drawing the magical energy of itself to power whatever the mechanation is oh makes it looks like this is just acting as a battery more or less yeah that's yeah that's kind of what i use and nix will pull over at her side and pull out a little um it kind of looks like a spell scroll but with like a window on either side going down the cylinder and inside looks like a raw glowing white kind of bluish energy that if you look closely enough looks like a spool of thread only it's not thread exactly this is um what my parents invented it draws energy from the ley line just like trace amounts of it in the air and then that's what i use to kind of like power my inventions that go and she'll take a little pen and just tap onto the end and as she does it kind of looks like a needle and thread as it comes out and she writes the the rune for boom in the air and it's just a little pop, little small firework that just goes off i didn't know of anyone else who could just harness raw energy like that and this is a lot more physical and long lasting than mine is that is some beautiful spell work that your parents created absolutely incredible but this is just so weird that there is something else so similar to it well and not and um by and please do not take this as an offense it seems to be more advanced as well oh no it definitely does um but then again my parents are kind of traditionalist like that they do well, it more for like aesthetic than uh, like progress. Function. Yeah. Um, well, you have to keep some of the old to go with the new. So. Wow, that's exactly what my father says, like word for word. Well, I am seventy-five. I, I'm not sure what you want me to say. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> I'm I'm still young for an elf. I mean, we drow tend to live a bit of a fright bit of a time frame so you guys have this conversation as you are making your way back towards the palma flora throughout the day uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to attend to uh during this this day of sort of free time downtime you have um i'll just actually spend some time communing with my god and just kind of offering up some prayers and some worship to uh, how do i want to phrase that Offering up some prayers and some worship to my god and a little offering just to show that I'm still following his ways. I recognized I did something bad the other day and I'm trying to make up for it. I will respond to you uh, privately about that, specifically post-game. Uh, but 
uh, you get a <clears throat> just sort of throughout the day, you just get like a really peaceful Ooh. sort of acknowledgement. Like you just you feel you feel in tune with nature now. Like you feel aligned, and you don't mm. really feel as much of that discord. Oh, as can I say how like whenever I just for flavor, whenever I'm communing with him and I'm worship and I'm doing my worship. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my shield is set off to the side. I'm sitting cross-legged on the ground. I pull out my long sword. I set it in front of me, and as I just hold my hands <laughs> on my knees and just start praying, the sword slowly just like lifts up and with just a little bit of magical energy. Cool task um so you guys uh continue your travels is there anything else at all you would like to do on your way back the to the palma other flora thing that nix would do would be studying more um what mechanism be it runes or something more mechanical that sort of links to uh the the gauntlet to the tr trucks to figure out what on their end enables them to move sure okay um Give me an intelligence check. It'll be a 16. That's pretty good. So you, you discern that it is, though it's sort of advanced, uh, ultimately what is happening is a, some sort of like transmission and receiving of uh, a signal of on like a radio frequency. Uh, and like as soon as you realize that, it's like, oh, duh. It's obviously it has to be radio frequencies. Okay, I'm, I was more thinking um, if there was anything like not, as much the transmission of the signal, but what mechanism allowed the truck to move after receiving the signal? Okay. Yeah, I guess, you know, that makes sense because it would be obvious that you were sending a signal of some kind when you move the glove and the truck moves. With a 16, yeah, I'll say that you uh, you find, like, the, the receiver on the truck uh, where it, like, physically receives the signal and sort of trace, like, the, the circuit to where... It, uh, it's like at the end of it's just, I don't know, like the terminology for uh, circuitry very well, but uh, you like basically follow the line from the, the receiver and it, it goes to what is quite obviously sort of like a motherboard uh, that processes all of the different information. Uh, and you could, I would say uh, with, this is what you discover with this amount of time. Uh, if you were to do it again on it, like at another point, you could maybe discover like from the motherboard where that information is sent to figure out like what drives the mechanism. Uh, but at this point with a 16, you're basically just able to, to, to pinpoint that it like, it goes okay. from here to here, where is like the central processor. <clears throat> yes. Uh, you'll have to excuse my uh, horrible lack of technological terminology, but you guys do uh, continue your trip unscathed. Uh, you make it back to the Palma Flora on horseback uh, you guys are moving at a pretty good speed, uh, much faster than you were on foot. Uh, so you will make it back uh, in the early evening. Um, and we'll sort of pause with you guys like coming to the uh, outskirts of town uh, and swap over one more time to Handia and Manny. You guys come back to, uh, you have a moment where you are uh, alone, so to speak. At least you're the only ones conscious uh, in your immediate vicinity. You have the object that you were tasked to grab, uh, at least you assume, and you hear footsteps, heavy chainmailed footsteps, getting ready to descend down this uh, stairway back here. What would you like uh, to do? First things first, I'm going to cast Minor Illusion to make it look like there's a door there. The one that I kicked in before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, yep. so these two dwarves right. are alive, but like, screaming crushed they're conscious uh, the two under the 
the two under the crate, no, they oh, are dead. dead. Manny killed them both uh, when he tipped the crate onto them. Uh, the one in front of Manny and like the one between you two is unconscious. So I'm gonna not. Well, I'm gonna just glance back at Manny, and I'm going to trot up the hallway a bit and just scream, "Medic!" I'm gonna grab my back and uh, hold my back and pretend to be hurt again. Uh, okay. Okay. Excellent. You. Also, I'm keeping this object kind of out of view, but not trying to be too obvious. Like trying to keep my body between it and anybody who's going to come down the stairs. Sure. Um, give me a sleight of hand or performance check because, and this is this is slightly on me. I didn't quite describe uh, accurately like the size of this thing. Uh, this is like the size of like uh, a shoebox, so it is it does have some size to it. But you could potentially like hold it behind your back. And you know, like try to balance it there, uh, out of sight. Um, Sweet. I'm going to use an inspiration card to give myself advantage. Excellent. And then roll slide ahead. Let's go ahead and throw that bad boy out. I'll delete it. Plow. Uh, so a 21. Okay. Uh, with a 21, you definitely tuck it behind your back, like right at the same moment as uh, this uh, heavily armor-clad dwarven female uh, comes around the corner, uh, and she says, uh, "I've heard the commotion." What's going on down here? I said, there's been there's been a terrible accident with one of the boxes over there. Some of the guys are crushed. Uh, my man's tried to take it off them, but he's put his back out. I'm gonna go get more people to come help lift it off. Oh, excellent! Out of the way. I'm like Manny, come on, let's go. You can help. You're you're useless here. I hobble. I'm like, okay, and I hobble, trying to keep up with him, grabbing my back. Um. So give me a. You know, no, she's she is focused. I'm not going to make you do a performance. Uh, you're you're holding her back, kind of limping away. Uh, she, you see her hands already glowing with a sort of like warm honey-colored divine glow as she steps over the unconscious dwarf here uh, and lays her hands on him. Uh, what do you, what would you guys like to do as you see her like bending over to touch this guy? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, you guys manage to make it back up above. Uh, do you? What would you like to do from there? Uh, I think we are going to unload this cargo off the ship and never come back. One final. Okay. See, you guys kind of start like casually strolling over here towards the dock, uh, and you do notice the orcs on either side of the ship are beginning to like run down this direction towards the the stairs below decks. You see an elven woman open the door to this upper. Uh, deck cabin here and race down the stairs as well heading for the lower decks and while they're all distracted you two slip away did i say just as as we're about to to leave the ship mm -hmm. i drop a i drop a a gold coin with the face of evandra on it just on the deck of the ship as i'm <laughs> uh you can have character inspiration for that uh mm. if you know how to mark that on your page just don't forget about it because i will yeah i'll forget too but cool. there you go <laughs> someday Ten levels from now, you'll remember, and it'll be clutch. <laughs> it'll be clutch, yeah. But uh, so you do. You guys do manage to uh, sneak back onto the docks, and uh, sort of in the crowd that is uh, forming due to the like the yelling and the commotion that is now coming from the ship. Uh, you do sort of just wade your way into the crowd. Though Manny stands like a foot and a half taller than <laughs> the rest of them. You guys do end up disappearing uh, down a back alleyway and make your way back into the the Palmaflora proper. It is getting pretty pretty early at this point uh i'm gonna say it's about 8 a.m uh what would you guys like to do 
you have this strange object. Uh, this, well, it's a locked chest containing what you assume to be a strange object. Yeah, I don't say it about it. Well, I sure fucking hope this is what we were supposed to get. Say, well, at least it wasn't a bad plan to come up with. Got out of there relatively scot-free. And I say dropping those boxes on those fellas was a stroke of genius. I would say, I think, yeah, I mean, well, we'll find out if we did the job, but if we did, <laughs> pat on the back for you. <laughs> Two birds with one stone, as some would say. <laughs> and I think realistically, they'd probably want to get this back to Venea sort of ASAP. I don't really want to be walking around with potentially a dangerous magical artifact. I agree. Look how many locks that thing has on it. Uh, yeah, now that you are away and have time to look, uh, at least on the outside of the box, you can see a dozen very intricately designed and heavy-duty looking locks. And that's just what you can see on the outside. I agree, though. We should take it to her. Take it to Venea. Yeah, I'm not one to snoop anyway. I don't really need to know what's inside right now. I'm sure she'll let us know. Yeah. I trust her more with it. So, you guys make your way uh, back to the Isle of Indulgence. Back to Venea's uh, ship, which I don't believe the name of has come up yet. But I, I suppose as you guys are uh, as you guys are approaching, uh, you see the words Wave Chaser uh, painted on the side of it. You find uh, Tessa waiting for you on the the decks uh, upper deck excuse me of the ship and when you arrive she guides you back down uh into Venea's private quarters once you guys are seated back at the table you do see Tiftus in his normal position in the corner of the room just sort of standing and observing you see Venea seated at the table enjoying some coffee uh some scrambled eggs toast hash browns bacon the works there's a plate of food for it each of you. Tessa sets down as you guys sort of take your seats, uh, and then she steps over by the door, and just as you saw Tiftus do, uh, reaches into the lantern, into the fire, does something, uh, you hear a click, and the bars shoot down over the door and the porthole one more time. And Venea, sort of half-grinning over her meal at the both of you, says, uh, well, I'm assuming uh, things went well, since you're both here and not in cuffs. Yeah, and I kind of just place the box on the table and I just say, well, if it's saying what you're after for, then I'll be fucked. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> when you pull the box out and you set it on the table, there is a almost blinding flash of light from the, the ceiling above you. And as the light fades and you look up, you see what definitely was not there before when you walked into the room. Uh, but there is a an arcane... A circle with like full of arcane symbols, runes, and just various magical formulae that has appeared and is rotating directly over this box on the table. Uh, it is it is shining a sort of sort of like a dark purplish color directly down onto this box. Venea's expression becomes quite surprised, and she she steals a breath, like <gasps> an exasperation almost, or not exasperation, excuse me, but uh, amazement, and. Uh, she says, I I think we may have involved ourselves in something a little more grandiose than I initially projected. I'm going to have to request that you two keep silent about what's transpired here and 
I need you two both to leave immediately. Well, I mean, the keep quiet bit will be pretty easy because I have no fucking idea what is going on here. Nobody can know that I was connected to this or that that I have this. And you see her looking like up at the rune circle and back down at this this box and like just like incessantly back and forth from one to the other. And she's like almost like not here consciously. Like she, her mind is obviously doing a million other things behind her eyelids right now or behind her eyeballs. We'll leave as soon as we receive payment. Oh, uh, yes, yes, definitely. Uh, Tessa. And you see Tessa steps around the table with a wide berth. Like she's a very warm and like comforting sort of like physical touch love language type of person. Like every time she's greeted you has been with a hug or at least, you know, like grabs your hand to hold it for a moment when saying hello. But she gives you guys a very wide berth and doesn't come anywhere near this, uh, this box that is now bathed in this, this purple light. Comes over to the side of the desk here. Does a thing which is not unfamiliar to you guys now, but out of sight. And you hear the wood on wood sliding of a panel blow off of steam. And she grabs something, sort of comes as close to the table as she's willing, and throws two bags, uh, two small coin pouches on the table in front of each of you. And as she gets ready to walk away, Vinaya says, uh, Tessa, double it. No questions. And without so much as a glance in Vinaya's direction, Tessa walks back, does the same thing, grabs two more bags, and throws them on the table in front of you. At that point, Tessa leaves the room, uh, heads back sort of behind this, uh, it's like, it's one of those like uh, partition, like wall divider things. Uh, you guys can no longer see her. And Vinaya, at this point, sort of is like, just sort of completely losing interest in the fact that you guys are even here still. And she is just, again, you can tell she's calculating something in her mind as she's just back and forth looking from this box to the rune circle above. Um, so I'm going to snatch up my two little pouches mm-hmm. and I'll say uh, to Vinaya, um, well, I'll, I'll just uh, head back to the resort and once you figure this out, we can... Uh, we can talk about what 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 you got next for me, huh? Uh, Han, yeah, no, uh, stay, stay with Manny. Uh, he'll he'll give you one of the room keys from their floor. Don't don't wander too far from him in case I need to find you both. Oh yeah, no worries, and I'll nod at Manny. I say, I guess we're uh, I guess we're sticking together for the time being, huh? <laughs> I guess so. You uh, you handle yourself well, so I think we'll be we'll get along just fine. I'm going to give him a little smile. And, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to wait for, for uh, what's-his-face to let us out of this locked room. Ah, uh, yes. Tiftis, uh, he does come over, uh, hits the lantern switch, and you guys are free to leave. And at this point, especially Manny, is probably fucking exhausted. You guys did probably catch a few winks in the few hours before it was time to go down to the docks to catch the ship. But, yeah, you guys haven't really had, like, a full rest in a, a little while. Uh, but ultimately, the day is yours. You have the, at least Manny, uh, you have the task that Vinaya originally assigned to you. Uh, however, given your last experience, it would make sense that you would want to potentially wait uh, for the rest of your comrades. But other than that, yeah, the day the day is pretty much yours to do with as you wish. So uh, is there anything specific either of you would like to do other than looking into the coin bag to realize that you each just got paid 100 gold? Two, two separate bags of 50 gold each uh yeah but no i don't have any specific plans for the day probably just want to go back and get some sleep as we were working through the night 
Yeah, it's been a long couple of days for um, Manny. Manny, when Handia brings up going to the rooms to get some sleep, what's Manny's reaction to that? I suggest you tread lightly. I'm not sure there's there's more going on at the hotel than what is to be led on. If you tend to use the bathroom, uh, don't. <laughs> use the public room. <laughs> that is probably the advice a, uh, a fighter with non-magical abilities uh, would give in this situation. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, we make a pit stop at the uh, bathrooms in the lobby before we go up to the room. Perfect. So you guys, uh, you spend the day just kind of doing some R&R, maybe uh, grab a, a post-job uh, drink, but pretty much this is just going to be kind of a down day for you both to recover, and we will say, actually, you two are going to go ahead. Uh, do you go to back to the hotel rooms at some point? Yeah, I would for sure. Okay, so Manny shows you back to the resort at some point in the day, whenever it is you guys do decide to go catch some rest. And uh, he leads you up to the uh, party floor. As you enter this floor, you hear a yelp come from this room right here. And a moment later, you see an elderly woman sort of backing out of the room with like a horrified look on her face, followed immediately by an older gentleman who looks completely normal, completely unthreatening. Both humans, by the way. And uh, the woman is, is backing away from him with her hands up defensively. And you can tell as she like backs into the wall back here, she is just horrified, like absolutely horrified by this man that is walking towards her. And he's like, honey, it's it's me. Calm, calm yourself. It's just me. How do you guys, how would you like to react to what you see in front of you? I'm going to kind of put my head down, shake my head. I'm like, it's never a dull moment at this hotel. And uh, I'm going to go over and see what's going on. Manny, as you approach, the woman turns and looks at you. And you see the horror, the horror on her face like intensify. Her eyes get even wider and she screams and points like as she's pointing directly at you. And you just get this, this feeling like this woman has never been so afraid of something in her entire life as she is uh, to you like approaching. And she actually sort of like falls over onto the ground and starts like, like scooting away on her back, like, like a toddler would do or like a little baby. And uh, meanwhile, the husband's honey, no, it's calm. It's okay. I'm uh, gonna ask the old man what's wrong with what's what's happening. What's wrong with her? Why is she acting like this? I, I, don't, I don't know. She she walked into the kitchen and I was changing over by the the bed and I heard a scream and when I when I turned around she looked horrified and is just backing away from me. She she doesn't seem to know who I am. I'm her husband. And she's still making quite a bit of noise like elbowing her way down this hallway you see people starting to poke their heads out of rooms i'm gonna tell him to to stay here she seems to be afraid of him and i'm gonna see if i can't calm her down i'll walk up to her and i say you know ma'am what's wrong with you what's wrong <laughs> okay she bumps into this teenage girl uh who manny you know uh, as Daphne Dunhurst. And as she does, she you see her like sort of shake her head 
and look around at the room as if she's seeing, or the hallway, excuse me, as if she's seeing it for the first time. And then she begins to dry heave. She lurches forward onto her hands and knees and doesn't vomit, but you see two long spindly legs emerge from her mouth. A moment later, two more sort of push their way out from the side of those two, push her cheeks open wider, allowing for a spidery head to poke itself out. The spider sort of like begins to wiggle its body back and forth and she lets out this like horrible revulsive or uh, repulsive like guttural vomiting noise and the spider plops out of her mouth onto the floor right here. The teenage girl slams the door and goes back into her room. The spider skitters over past you guys towards this door and you watch as it literally sort of like almost cartoonesque manages to like slide itself under the like maybe centimeter tall crack in the the door in the floor here and this was like a, a pit bull medium dog sized spider that just came out of this woman uh, and it, it crawls into that room that they came out of uh, wow you see the old man literally uh, he screams as this happens falls over himself onto the ground but then, like, him and his wife sort of start, like, crawling towards each other. Oh, oh God. What what happened? What was that? Uh, everything was... Everything was dark. There were... There were... There were demons. There were demons, and they looked like you. But they, they were demons, and they had red eyes. All the eyes. Honey. And he starts comforting his wife. I just see Handy just standing at the top of the hallway with hands on his hips like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, yeah, this is, this is about normal for this hotel, I guess, but no, at least it's not sewage. Wait, you! I've seen you! You're security, aren't you? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, you, then you, you, you gotta help us. You, you gotta go kill that thing and make, make sure our room is, is safe. Oh... Okay. <laughs> I'll uh, Please. I'll go up to the door and uh, can I uh, see if I hear anything at all? Go ahead and make a perception check. Mm, wrong button. <clears throat> I see your old initiative. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 13. With a 13? Uh, no, you don't hear anything abnormal or really anything coming from the other side of the door. It's going to take my short bow hold him I had knock an arrow and just sort of creep up behind Manny I am going to put one hand on my long blade hilt and the other on the door handle and kind of slowly creep the door open as the door opens creakily upon a very plain completely normal undisturbed looking room there don't appear to be any traces of anyone or anything in the immediate vicinity. Hmm. I turn to Han and I say, be ready for anything. And then uh, I'm going to creep into the walk into the room. The hairs um, on the back of your neck, if you have them, kind of hard to tell. You look like you're pretty clean shaven there. 
they do stand up and you, you get this feeling like you're being watched. However, as you and Han take time to investigate this room, you don't find anything out of the ordinary. Mm. No sign of a giant spider. No sign of the slimy spit trail that was leaving on the way into the room. Nothing. Just a, an old folks hotel room. Um, well, I guess we don't. We didn't. Couldn't find anything. We so we we checked out. We looked through the whole place already. Then, yes. Uh, just sort of for the sake of brevity, I I wasn't going to make you roll for it. Uh, you guys, you do investigate, uh, and there doesn't seem to be anything that stands out as abnormal, supernatural, or wrong. Okay. Come back out of the room. Say to Han, "That's um, that's mysterious. I don't know what's going on." And this sort of Par for the course for the hotel, is it? About so. I'll tell the older couple that couldn't find anything in their room and that if they feel uncomfortable going back, they can go to the front desk and get request a new room. Oh, well, as long as you've been in there and can attest that the creature is gone, I, I think we'll be all right. What do you, what do you say, honey? I want to go to the beach. We're spending the rest of the day at the beach. Oh, right then. Um, to the beach. And uh, you see the elder couple, elderly couple uh, heading towards the stairway. Pretty disheveled. They do not seem to be uh, relieved, though you have cleared the room, and they skedaddle temporarily. You see Daphne and uh, Daisy Dunhurst step out into the hallway. Hey y'all, is uh, is everything all right down there? We heard quite a quite a commotion. We heard a uh, that that poor woman was screaming like she'd seen a murder. I'll say yes, yeah, she'll, she'll be fine. Uh, she saw a very large spider. Oh jeez. Well, they got a right to live too, you know. I always take them outside. Person, he got away. Oh, good for him then. All right. Well, back to family board games. And uh, you hear the the teenage daughter right here just like sighs and walks back into her own room, not the family's room. <laughs> so this isn't really a criticism to your game, but in absence of a B-Bag, the Dunhurst family is kind of like my most hated NPCs in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, come on, start fucking haunting them. Like the husband's <laughs> part the mother that I don't have uh, patience for. Right? Han and Manny. What, what is your intention for the rest of the day? You would know that the rest of your party would be coming back sometime either today or tomorrow. You don't really, like the only job, Manny, that you currently have active is obviously investigating the hotel, which you guys, if you would like to do, can do. Uh, but again, you both are probably pretty tired at this point. So it doesn't, it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to just say that you sort of hung out and relaxed as much as one could in this place. Yeah, probably, probably fine. Or you could go elsewhere. Get some sleep. And then also get a bit of a lay of the land as I've just kind of arrived. Yeah, I'm a, no, I'd also want to just rest. So you guys, uh, I'm going to say at least at first, probably go to your your separate rooms, but like leave the door to the hallway open so that you can like be within earshot and quickly within eyeshot of each other if you need to. But that feeling of being watched fades pretty quickly after the old couple leaves. And it doesn't take long for you to sort of fall into the routine of going about your day checking your weapons and gear maybe prepping a little bit of food 
just getting ready to to unwind and relax and you do both you do both receive the benefits of uh, the same sort of short short or short long rest as uh, the the rest of the party you get your short rest abilities back you can spend hit die and you get uh, your hit die refilled I'm gonna say that a good portion of the day uh, passes as you guys are just kind of doing some R and R and the rest of you Nix Bogarm and Xander you all roll into town about about this time. I'm going to say it's about five, probably about five or six p.m. The Menagerie Coast Guard, they all head off in the same direction towards the the guard outpost to report and return the equipment they checked out and just all of the things that go along with, you know, dealing with a situation like the one that just occurred. Xander, you know that you guys have a reward waiting for you if you choose to go with them, but you don't necessarily have to go now. I'll go with them now. What would you guys like to do? Uh, as uh, Xander makes to follow them, I'll kind of like chug on his cloak. And like, here, uh, here's the diagram of the summoning circle that was there and all of the notes that I managed to get from there. You know, try to make you look good, maybe get you that promotion. Oh, thank you, Nix. You're welcome. And I will look to Xander and say, would you care for some company? I know your voice is rather sore from inhaling all the smoke. Yes. Come on with me, my friend. Yeah. Bloodgarn will... Uh, what was the name of that uh, stable that you guys went to trying to look for horses? Don't fucking go What there, horses? I don't know what you're talking about. No, seriously. What is it? What's, what was the name? Two-tacked platypus. The two-tacked platypus? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yep, that's platypus. the name. All right. Have fun, guys. See ya. We'll see you back at the rooms. So, Nix, you split off uh, from your compatriots and head back to your room at the Palma Flora. As you... <laughs> Wait, what oh, time just is kidding. It? You split off from the other two. 5 p.m.? Uh, so it's like 5 p.m. Okay, so... For, so between 5 and 6. still open. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, definitely. First order of business for Nyx is going to the two-tack platypus. So you make your way to the now canon uh, two-tack platypus, where you you see actually now, uh, or I guess you wouldn't have seen this before because you weren't there. Uh, the horses are actually, for the most part, outside, tethered to like feeding troughs, and the the big like pole barn doors are wide open, and you can see like inside people are. Uh, cleaning the horses, uh, you know, like reshoeing them and whatnot, going over like medical checks with them and whatnot. Uh, but it appears to be like fully back into normal functioning operation. I would like to go up to whoever looks like they might be in charge. Yeah, you see a pretty uh, gruff, obviously like lifetime laborer, just sort of by like the the size and calluses of the calluses on his hands. Is a human male, and uh, he he looks at you as you uh, like sort of walk in. Uh, uh, can I help you? Yes, I'm sorry. Um, are you the one who dealt with um, two more than likely extremely rude people the other day? They came in trying to, like, uh, <laughs> demand horses. Talking about the fellow that uh, got a, a kick in the chest from old Bessie here. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> I'd like yeah. to say uh, sorry on behalf of my idiots. They They... 
they just really were overexcited about trying to get out there and help with the forest fire and they didn't really uh, consider what position you might be in and Nyx is gonna reach into her coin pouch and take out a gold piece and just hand it to him and like th this is uh, for any trouble that they might have caused my name's Nyx by the way Nyx Knackle so his eyebrows kind of shoot up at this revelation and he seems like kind of taken aback well uh well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's not uh, not too often people go out of their way to make up for their wrongdoings. So, uh, granted, it wasn't like firsthand from them, but uh, <laughs> and he bites the gold coin to make sure it's real. Uh, this will uh, this will go a long way towards making amends. That's what I'm here for. What's your name, by the way? Uh, you can call me Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert Karen. My friends call me Gil. Well, Gil. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I hope that the next time that uh, me or any of my friends do business with you, it's actually business and not trying to shake you down for horses. <laughs> uh, maybe make sure it's you that comes by, because uh, if I see them again, I may be tempted to let Bessie do her thing. Oh, I'll definitely make sure to stop by, and I'll shoot him a wink, and I'll be like, have a good day. Oh, oh thanks. There, there is one thing, though. Could you point me oh, toward yeah. the apothecary? Oh, oh boy, you're not one of them. Uh, you're not one of them junkies, are you? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, you you do seem like you got a pretty level head, and you're not slurring your words. So yeah, no. Uh, all right. I mean, I can uh, probably make narcotics, but no, that is not what I'm going for. <laughs> His eyebrow kind of like raises for a second. And he's like, "Well, well I'm not here to." judge I, I guess like i mean i've never tried it can't be all that difficult depending on like the stereotype of who actually does make it but well i guess it would depend on what kind of drugs we're talking about so you got your suits you got your shrooms you got uh, what uh, I, I, uh, have a good day um uh, you you didn't actually show me where the apothecary oh, yeah, is uh fargaze yep fargaze apothecary uh uh, go go down to the the, the center market. Uh, and it's going to be on the east side of the market, caddy corner to uh, to Apple's uh, Hot Hot Deals. Oh, I know Appella. Thank you very much. Uh, no problem, little Nicks. You have yourself a great day. Thanks. You too. Don't do drugs. <laughs> That's our PSA, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he does. He does point you off uh, in the direction of, of Fargaze's Alchemy Shop. And that is where I'm headed. All right. Uh, so you find your way to a very quaint, sort of odd-smelling, sort of, sort of almost like a hole-in-the-wall shop on the side of a building uh, that is is marked with a sign uh, that says Fargazes. Uh, we'll call it Fun Supplies for now because I can't remember where I wrote the name down. But uh, <laughs> he, you see a the tip of a pointy hat over the edge of the counter as you walk in. There, the room is full of smoke from various different incense sticks in various different places of the room, each one a different scent, creating a mixture that is neither pleasant nor unpleasant, but overwhelming. And when the uh, the little bell at like the the top of the door chimes as you as you enter, you see the hat uh, elevate and go back down and elevate and go back down and you hear ah, ah, let me let me get my stool. Hold on. And you hear like wood being drug. And then a cute little old man, gnomish proportions, stands up. And you see this fella 
poke his head up over the counter. Uh, and he's like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> what can I get you? Uh, yes, oh, wait, I... you're not a man. <laughs> nope, not quite. You're a gnome like me. <laughs> yeah, but if I had to take a look, uh, or I guess just looking at you, you're a forest gnome. I'm a rock gnome. <laughs> rock and roll, baby. Rock and roll. Um, so I was just wondering, uh, I'm uh, kind of starting to get into the alchemy game as well, and I was wondering if you had any ingredients I could buy. <laughs> yeah, what are you, uh, what are you looking to feel? Or cure? Or be? Or do? What do you want? What's your goal? Alright, well, let's see. Um, the stuff that I'm going to end up making with it, I mean, um, there's antitoxin on there, you know, soap and oil and perfume. Oh, and, uh, acid and alchemist fire. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, a little bit of all of that. <laughs> yeah, I've got all that. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> I have my own, my own special kind of alchemist fire. <laughs> but that, that's just for me. And uh, you see, like, his lantern, it is, there is a fire that is burning in it. But as you take a closer look, it 100% is also full of liquid. And there's a little knob sticking off the side. Uh, and he, like, brings the lantern close to his face and grabs it, puts his mouth on the little knob, and inhales. Uh, and you hear... <laughs> you hear this. <laughs> and he starts, like, hacking and coughing up smoke uh, out of his little uh, staff lantern bong. And he's like, <laughs> that, 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 this alchemist <laughs> fire, not, not, not for sale. <laughs> Don't do drugs. That's perfectly fine. Not the kind that I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, the other kind that sticks to things and, and burns them. Yeah, I got that too. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm I'm looking for the ingredients to make it myself. Oh, a student. Uh, okay, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, how many? <laughs> how many uses? <laughs> well, I was just going to think because uh, I'm I am buying for so many different types of things. Uh. -huh, uh, -huh. uh what if I were to just buy a hundred golds worth of the items that I require, and then maybe you throw in a pouch to carry it with, and I'll shoot him just like a big old gnomish smile? Hmm. Give me a persuasion check with advantage, for gnome reasons. That'll be a nine plus. Where's my persuasion? So a twelve. Hmm. Undergo it's a lot of money. <laughs> I can I can acquire quite a lot with that. Um Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. I got it. Counter offer. Uh I give you what you asked for. But maybe you help me out with something in return. <laughs> uh oh, you mean like you've got a job? I do, I do. Shh. Nobody can know about Farkas job. Is it legal? Uh Hold on. And he pulls out a uh, an abacus, <clears throat> uh, a, like a couple of different like textbooks, and starts making all kinds of calculations that have seemingly nothing to do with the situation or the question asked. And he he like sli starts sliding like the what do you call them? like little beads on the the abacus over, slides a few back to to like the starting point, and then like no 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 definitely two more two more. Uh, no, it's not illegal. As in, so it is legal. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Uh, you can do it and not go to jail. <laughs> At least this part. Okay. Um, 
I, I have no problem hearing you out at least. Okay. So what do you need me to do? <laughs> I need a thing. Uh, it's a thing I don't have, and I do have normally most things, but I don't have this thing, and I need this thing. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I need a gem, and it's called Yasynth. Uh, that's with a J, even though it sounds like a Y, but it's a J. Yasynth. And uh, he says, he says, there's there's mountains <laughs> to the north, uh, sort of. Uh, to, to, off to the west of where that big forest fire was. Uh, did you see the fire? I saw the fire. It was big. Uh, and then... Uh, I, yeah, oh. I got a real good look at the fire. You, you went to the fire? Did you bring any back? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to um, reach back into my bag, pull out the torch that um, Xander gave me, <laughs> and press digitation it to light it and been like, yeah, do you need some? Oh, yes. Forest fire fire is the rarest of the fires. Oh, was it a natural forest fire? No, not at all. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure it comes from the plane of fire. <gasps> the, the plane of fire. The plane of the portable plane of fire. I can finally have it. The portable plane of fire. The portable plane of fire portal. Oh my god. Okay, tell you what. You throw that in and uh um, you can keep 50 gold. Deal. Oh, thank God. And he just, like, snatches the torch uh, from you, and it just disappears behind the counter. At that point, he says, okay, okay, so here, here's what I needed from you. Uh, there's there's mountains. Uh, and he pulls out a map. Uh, right? Well, more like hills. More like hills. Uh, and they're right next to the, the, the forest where, where there was the forest fire. I saw the fire. Did you see the fire? That's right. You went to the fire. You brought me the fire. Thank you. Um, there's a cave. And and you can find the jacinth in the, in the cave. But, um... Well, here's <laughs> here's the the legal illegal uh, technicality that I'm running into. Um, it's it's illegal. It's legal to have jacinth. Um, it's illegal to go get it here, but but there's nobody guarding it because it's very dangerous. It's very very dangerous. People die there all the time, so they don't even guard it. <laughs> That's why it's illegal to go there because it's dangerous. <sighs> but if you go there, if you go there and you give me the jacinth and you bring it back, I'll be very happy. I'll pay you. How much? Well, depends on how much you bring me. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, if you give me at least um, uh, enough pieces or uh, a piece that uh, get out to the size of an apple, at least that much. Uh, I'll give you 50 gold. Um, and I'll make you a special potion. Something that you can't get anywhere but from your, your friend Farkas. Is the potion drugs? If you want it to be. I think I'd have to pass on that. Don't do drugs, kids. Okay, okay. Non-drugs, uh, non-addictive. Uh, maybe, hmm, I'll think about it. Probably blueberries, probably, you know, uh, mm, mm, maybe mulberry? I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Uh, the taste is going to be subject to, hmm, well, in interpretation. But uh, the effects, you will love the effects. All right. But if I can bring you at least three apples worth, you need to show me how to make the potion. Oh, a bargainer. Hmm. Uh, you gave me a counter offer. I give you a counter offer. No, oh, I dig it. I, I'm here for it. Let's do. Uh, he, he pulls out uh, two uh, d20s and he hands you one of them. And he's like, "Let's do a let's do a contested uh, charisma roll off. Just a charisma check." You're on. With his negative charisma modifier, that is a nine. Mine is a fourteen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, always trust the rollies. So uh, we'll go with that. Uh, 
always trust the rollies. They decide all. I, yes. Uh, and I will pull out my little journal and start writing down all the information. Uh, uh, I will definitely bring this up with my adventuring party. Uh, no guarantees on time, oh. but uh, we will definitely put it into consideration for our next quest. Hmm. No rush. <laughs> it's all good. I'll be here. I'm timeless. I am the Fargazer. Well, thank you. Pleasure doing business with you. Oh, yeah. Here's your stuff. Uh, and, like, though you didn't see him move from behind the counter at all, uh, he pulls out, like, a brown bag. Uh, it totally looks like what you would get a uh, bottle of liquor in from, like, the liquor store. And just a brown bag full of the ingredients you asked for. And the pouch? Oh, yeah. This uh, is the pouch. That's part of the deal. Paper. Uh, he takes off one of the many satchels uh, that he has on his person. And you see him, like, it lowers below the counter so you don't see what comes out of it but he like dumps what seems like uh more it takes more time and more material uh falling out of there than you would have expected uh as he slides you this uh this handy little uh it's it's a merce for lack of a better word um i would like to examine the merce to make sure it's not a merce of holding since you just said that <laughs> it had way more in it than i would expect yeah so uh give me Gosh, I, it's not quite Arcana. So, like, give me another investigation, but add your all, like on top of it, add your spellcasting ability. Okay. Okay. Nope, that ain't gonna work. Uh, that is a four plus. What's my investigation? Five, oh, actually, fifteen. That is definitely good enough. So, as you as you stick your hand into the bag, you do notice that it like goes up to your elbow, and though it is not quite like the bags of holding that you have seen. It appears to have some minor enchantment along those lines, though just like at a, a sort of like glance and gl like initial glossing over, you're not necessarily sure exactly how much it'll hold, but it definitely seems to be able to hold more than a normal bag of that size. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> have a good day. Uh, and if you remember, if you go and you get the juice in, uh, the creatures are strong. They're strong. All right. Um, we will definitely be careful. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Is there well? First of all, is there anything else on uh, Nix's to-do list? The only other thing is go over to Appella for a bullseye lantern and three bags of ball bearings. And if you do not want to RP that, I understand. Yes, uh, since those things are mundane and like easily, obviously uh, obtainable, uh, we will just and doesn't uh, necessarily have a quest. Uh, <laughs> <proc> <laughs> <to> <laughs> Uh, she might, <clears throat> she might have been like casually offhanded, like, "Oh, so how's that? Uh, how's that bracelet qu quest going?" But uh, obviously, uh, you know, we can address that another time. Well, <laughs> I would say Nix doesn't know about the bracelet quest. So oh, that that's might right. Be nice to know, but Nix also doesn't know that it got thrown into the ocean. Yeah. So yeah. Now, so for that purpose, we will skip the RP. Uh, uh, you yes. do, you do get the things that you desire, and we will. Is it safe to assume that basically? Uh, at the end of the day, your guys' intention is to go back to the hotel? For me, at least, yeah. Because I would assume that's where Xander would go. And I need to meet up with him so that I can take his longbow for the night. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, as Nyx goes about uh, finishing up her shopping, uh, I think the last thing we will do for this session is jump over to uh, Blackarm and Xander. Uh, as, you, as you are taking the quickest route back to the Menagerie Coast Guard outpost sort of following the patrol of the rest of the, the group. You see various citizens stopping to like clap and cheer for you guys. 
some of them like run up with like handfuls of, of drinks to pass out to the the various soldiers or coast guard members marching by xander somebody hands you a beer uh, as you're you know as you're going probably one for you to blot it if you're like right next to him oh yeah no i'm uh, um, keeping an eye on him but i do have my hood up because eh, it's still a little off-putting for sure yeah yeah especially getting attention like this so you guys uh you draw you're drawing close to the the outpost xander taking a few sips of his beer uh soothe the uh, the soreness of his throat and when you arrive uh, you find alonza uh, sort of dealing uh with like the intake of uh the injured soldiers uh helping sort of guide and sort of uh honestly kind of like micromanage everybody again in the absence of, of captain reigns she is in charge and uh she does sort of wave at you xander gives you a slight smile as she sees you guys approaching and she waves you over i walk over there oh xander I'm, I'm so glad you're back safe oh and and you brought you brought the the rest of the guys with you i i, I heard i heard there were some casualties but but i also heard that there would have been a, a lot more if if you guys hadn't arrived when you did yeah i'm so glad that i chose you yeah, my, my throat took some damage while we were there. But I brought back a couple bodies that you'll want to take a check at. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have the creatures um, taken to the lab uh, for, for processing uh, and dissection and an autopsy. Um, you're more than welcome to attend. I'll, I'll let you know uh, when that happens. Uh, we're going to have our hands full kind of uh, preparing the, the funeral for the families of, uh, of those that passed. Um, and, and sort of just dealing with the, the debriefing of this uh, non-natural event. Um, I'm hoping Captain Reigns uh, should be back uh, any time now, really. Uh, his, his mission was was only scheduled out for, uh, for him to be gone for a week, and it's been two days past that. Um, okay. Well, I oh got boy. some more oh info boy. for you that we got. Nick's got this. Oh? And I hand you hand her the pile of papers that Nick's gave me. And she starts looking uh, through the diagrams that Nix drew. Um, and you can see sort of like a puzzled look dawning on her face. And she says, uh, oh boy, uh, a, lot of, a lot of this seems like it's uh, not quite my, my area of expertise. I'm more of like a, uh, I see people's talents and I, I put them where they need to be. Uh, so in that vein, I will, I will put these where they need to go. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll make sure that these find their way into the right hands. Well, if it lights a fire under, uh, no pun intended, under anybody's ass, there was also a gate to the uh, plane of fire that we found in the forest. And I'll tell her about the dome and, like, to confirm everything else that's happened. This is troubling. So it wasn't a natural fire. I wonder... Was there any indication that the fire was purposeful, or, or, or was it an accident? I don't. I'm sure, somebody summoned monsters to burn this place down. Oh, so you think they did it on purpose? Yeah, because they. Was, was it on purpose, or was it just magic that went awry? I, I, I'm not. I'm not personally 100% on whether it was 100% purposeful, but this might have been their plan. But I think. If it was their plan, it happened early. We did encounter one of those uh, devices that that Zhao found on that monster earlier. Also, Nyx has it. If you want to talk to her. Hmm. You see 
Ilanza sort of go pensive for a moment. Interesting. We've had no word from Zhao since he ran off. I hate to think that he's linked to this fire somehow. But if, if you say you found another one of those devices... Oh boy. Uh, Xander, I think Captain Reigns is going to want to hear about this from you and your friends personally. Perfect. Oh boy. I need to rest my voice. Yes, considering okay. considering we've been on the road and we dealt with the fire, I I think we earned a night's rest in our beds, no matter how haunted they may be. Um, how how many of your friends did you take with you, Xander? It was me, him, and Nix. We have two more around here, but I don't know where. Uh, Mineo and uh, Ertle. Okay. Um. Well, then on. On behalf of the entire Menagerie Coast and those of us who have given our lives to guard it, uh, I hereby promote you, recruit Xander, to Corporal Xander. Oh, wow. Thanks. Of course. Uh, with that promotion uh, comes a few responsibilities. Uh, I'm going to be placing you personally in charge of all security pertaining to the Isle of Indulgence. And the docks just to the north on the southern edge of the Palmaflora Resort. I'm going to assign you a few recruits, although I'm going to need a few days to organize that and to work on a training schedule with you. Uh, and for your friends, I have here four honorary Menagerie Coast Guard badges. Uh, this will let any, any official know that they can count on you uh, in an emergency situation to be a level-headed and critical thinking individual <laughs> and that's funny as you say that in chat uh yeah there 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 was apparently a ruckus uh at the docks last night um oh really not that's and early into this morning actually yeah uh we're still working out the details um we, we can tell that people are being tight-lipped so we know something is something's going on something strange uh but uh, don't don't worry yourself about that right now. You've you've been through enough. Just enjoy enjoy your promotion. Uh, celebrate with your friends and and grieve for those lost uh, in the line of duty. Bloodgarden has a relapse of memory where he sees pulling up a guy's head with radiant energy. And it's like, yeah, we're not going to worry about that right now. <laughs> and at that moment, from above, you notice the sun getting blotted out shade begins to replace the bright sunlit day and as you all glance up to see what the hell is going on you hear a large bellowing reptilian roar as a giant winged dragon plummets from the sky directly down onto your position. And that is where we're going to stop for the night. You fucking asshole. I love the, the chill music for this moment. Absolutely. Fuck you. Right. Very faint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.